your good, pleasing, and perfect will may be done. That your name, which is above every other name, will be glorified, honored, and praised. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. We have prayed that God's people say amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again. In the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, for those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters, Kenston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. Children of God, we're going to take a look today at the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 with a special focus on verse 29. Philippians chapter 1. with a special focus on verse 29. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, For it has been granted to you on behalf of of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. We are working from a topic today, believe in him, but also suffer for him. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, again, we say thank you. Thank you, Father, for so many things you do to us, through us, and for us. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. We give you all praise. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will speak in our hearts and minds your will, your ways, your word, that we as your people may be blessed, that we as your people may better understand your will and your desire for us. Forgive us, Father, of anything we have said or done that has not been pleasing in your sight. Help us, Father, to be more like you, to obey, to listen, 
to be led by your blessed Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, in advance, trusting you are going to do these things for us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let God's people around the world say amen. Amen and amen. Believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Many times in life, my brother and my sister, there will be very good things that oftentimes come through some very difficult means. Um, you think about wealth. Most of us as human beings would like wealth, would like uh, plenty of money. That's just the way most of us are as human beings. But, you know, many times individuals do not like what goes into bringing that idea to reality, whether it's hard work, many years in school, or even uh, from a criminal aspect, individuals working hard, uh, stealing or doing wrong. Many The wealth is a thing that most of us like, but what has to be done, whether it is years and years of study in school, or whether it is uh, committing some crime, risking our life, whatever it is, oftentimes it is what has to be done to get that thing that, or acquire that thing that many times people do not like. You say, Apostle, why are you saying this? Well, many of us want to go back with God to heaven. Many of us want to spend eternity in God's glorious presence. Many of us claim that we believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with these things as they are all excellent concepts. They are excellent things to do. But I just want you to encourage you, child of God, that with those good things that were just mentioned, there are some not so pleasant things that you and I must endure to achieve or to acquire that good thing. Our topic today, believing in him, believing in Christ, that is a very noble thing. That is that is true. That is right. That it, it, The Bible says that Paul wrote, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him. God wants us to understand that 
belief in Christ is not enough. Belief in Christ is a starting point or a kicking off point. Paul lets us to know it has been granted to us on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him. See, see, if you and I are just believing in Christ and not understanding that there is a suffering for Christ that we must endure, that we must uh, go through, then our we're going to be disappointed in our belief in Christ. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we understand that there is more to our relationship with God than just believing. There is a suffering side. In life, children of God, most things have two sides. You know, I've shared this with you all a number of times. Even we as human beings, as Christians, we have two sides. We have the spirit side of us, and we have the flesh side of us. The spirit side of us, God is pleased with. It is leading to life, leading to peace, leading to eternal life. But the flesh side of us, God is displeased. It is earthly. It is unspiritual. It is of the devil. As Christians, as children of God, you and I have two sides. Now, your fleshly side may be a little different from his fleshly side, and his fleshly side may be a little different from my fleshly side, and, but we have two sides. Just as we have a right side and we have a left side, just as we have a front and we have a back. Just as we have a lower body and an upper body, we as children of God have two sides. Even Jesus had two sides. It's just that he didn't have the sinful man or the sinful side like you and I have. Jesus had the God side of him. He was 100% God and he was 100% man. He was just not 100% sinful man like you and I. We are a combination of sinful man, sinful woman, and spiritual man or spiritual or spiritual man. So keep in mind, my brother and my sister, that most things in life have two sides. Wise man told me as a young Christian some 40 years ago, he says, son, most things that will work right will also work left. You know, in other words, most you take a screw, you can turn it to the right, but then you can turn around and turn it to the left. So understand that people, places, things normally have two sides. Our Christianity has two sides. There is a belief in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but there's also a suffering for our Lord 
and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister. Don't be discouraged or don't be too discouraged with people, places, or, or things when you see their other side. Because there's another side just as sure as there's that one side that we see. There's a there's another side oftentimes that we don't see. Well, let's go back and take a look at what Paul is trying to get the Philippian saints to understand. Paul says in verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister, May we conduct ourselves in a manner. Now, this is a lifelong challenge. This is a lifelong, as Christians, a lifelong uh, experience. Uh, we are working to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, Paul says, whether I come see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And this is the thing, my brother. This is, these are things that we have to work on constantly as children of God. The Lord was, was dealing with me uh, in regards to this earlier today, uh, whether men and women are looking or not, uh, one of the things God wants us to understand is that he is always looking. So even if our brothers or our sisters, or we think that we're alone, or we think God has still has his watchful eye on you and me. This is what Paul lets the people know. Whether he comes to see you or only hears about you in his absence. See, even though the apostle is absent, you know, the apostle may not be with you or the pastor may not be with you. God saying, Robert, tell my people that I am still with them. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. So whether men see us, or not, God sees us. Keep in mind, and that's who we're going to stand before on judgment. Not men, not women, but our creator who sees everything, who knows everything, who can do everything he wants to do. God wants you and I standing firm in one spirit. Understand, my brother, understand, my sister, there's only one Holy Spirit. A lot of demons running around. A lot of people listening to. A lot of demons. That's how you end up with a whole lot of different opinions and, and directions because you have a whole lot of demons influencing people. But when the one spirit or when the Holy Spirit is influencing his people, they are moving in the same direction. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May we move by the Spirit of God as children of God. 
that the body of Christ may move in the same direction. Why are there conflicts? Why are there disagreements? Why is it someone go in one direction, one, one, someone go in another direction? Because the devil is on board. See, even Jesus let us know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. See, God's house is going to stand because God's house, God's people, God's sons and daughters, they're not divided against themselves. It's Satan's sons and Satan's daughters that are really divided against themselves. Some saying this, some saying that. My prayer for the body of Christ, may we experience the oneness that God wants out of you and out of me. As children of God, how are we going to be disagreeing and we're supposed to be uh, unctioned by the same spirit? There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. So how are we, how are we uh, at odds or how are we disagreeing? The devil has gotten on board. Demonic influence has gotten on board. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May Satan and satanic influence not get on board with us as children of God. May Satan and satanic influences not get on board in our in our marriages, in our families, in our churches. Anytime you see an argument, even if one is right and the other one, anytime you see an argument, child of God, understand that Satan has gotten on board. You say, Apostle, how are you going to say that? Because the Bible tells us do everything. Paul, same Paul that we are studying in Philippians, told us to do everything without arguing or complaining. So when you see arguing and complaining, that is not the spirit of God. That is a demonic spirit that has gotten on board and influenced an individual, whether it's a child of God, whether it's an unsaved individual. We are not supposed to argue as children of God. We are not supposed to complain as children of God. Do everything. Paul said in Philippians, do everything without arguing and complaining. So keep in mind, my brother and my sister, God is constantly trying to bring us to a place of unity, to a place of oneness in his spirit. This is how we conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, by being one in the spirit. By Look at what the Bible says. Paul says, I know that you stand firm in the one spirit. See, we can't stand firm if we're standing in more than one spirit, because there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We can't stand firm in demons and God be pleased and God be backing us up and God be supporting us. We are firm when we are standing in God's spirit. Look at what the Bible says, striving together as one, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. See, now this is one of the reasons why many individuals do not like sound doctrine. 
See, sound doctrine is meant to bring us to a place of oneness. See, sound only deal with the congregation's sin. Sound doctrine will not only deal with the unsaved individual sin. Sound doctrine will deal with the, the pastor's sin, with the bishop's sin, with the apostle's sin. Sound, listen, sound doctrine is not a respecter of persons. Sound doctrine is much like, and, and you know, I just finished taking a regiment of antibiotics. I had an infection in my mouth. The doctor prescribed antibiotics for me to take, and I would have to take them three times a day. Well, understand my brother and my sister, because this is much how the Holy Spirit operates in the body of Christ. The same way antibiotics work in the physical body, the Holy Spirit works in the body of Christ. You say, Apostle, what do antibiotics do? Antibiotics get into the physical body and wherever they find infection, it might be in your mouth where I had the infection. It might be uh, uh, a boil you have or some pimples you have or an infect. Wherever antibiotics, once they get in the bloodstream, wherever they find infection in our physical bodies, they come against it and they fight it to kill it. Well, that's much how the Holy Spirit operates in the body of Christ. Wherever the Holy Spirit finds sin in the body of Christ, whether it's in the apostles, whether it's in the prophets, whether it's in the evangelists, whether it's in the pastors, whether it's in the teachers, whether it's in the mothers, deacons, saints, the Holy Spirit will fight it and look to kill it. So I want to encourage you. This is why we need to, to stand firm in the spirit of God. The spirit of God is working on you and working on me to get all sin out of the body of Christ. You ever wonder, we got the body of Christ, just like we have a physical body. We have the spirit of Christ, just like we have a, a physical spirit. The, the uh, uh, human spirit, the spirit of Christ is working on you, working on me to get all sin out of the body of Christ. God wants us striving together as one for the faith. See, now this is this is one of the reasons why. Uh, the church doesn't move like God wants it to because many times we are separated, we are splintered. We, God wants us working as one. We can do a mighty work for God when we are striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Watch verse 28. Without being frightened in any way, by those who oppose you. Now understand, they're going to be those who oppose us. Their job is to try and frighten us. Their job is to try to make us afraid so that we will stop striving together as one. See, 
That's what witches and wizards and a lot of times these individuals would do. They try to stop by, by causing fear or by intimidation the children of God. But we have to strive together as one for the faith without being frightened. Why does Paul tell us without being frightened? Because being frightened is of the devil. Being frightened is not, uh, listen, you read a lot of things in the scripture about Jesus. Jesus wept, Jesus mourned, Jesus was sorrowful, but you never read where Jesus was afraid. He was never afraid of any, even when he was about to be hung on the cross. You don't see where the Bible says, and Jesus was afraid. So the same way that uh, Jesus was able to deal um, effectively with fear and not let it overtake him. God wants you and I to deal effectively with fear and not let it overtake us. I'm hearing the Lord speak in my spirit now. The Lord says, Robert, tell my children for me. I have not given you all a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and sound mind or self-control in some translations. So understand, when that fear hits us, as it sometimes does, understand that you and I are under the influence of demonic spirits right then. When we're afraid, panic. Uh, that there's a demonic spirit that we are being influenced by at that juncture. God has not and God will not give you and I a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, a spirit of power, a spirit of sound mind. So I encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister, fight against the spirit of fear. A lot of times, if you and I can successfully fight against the spirit of fear, we can get victory over whatever that issue is that is confronting us. Now, the Lord is bringing my spirit, David, on the battlefield uh, when he dealt with Goliath. There were two giants on the battlefield that day that David slayed Goliath. Goliath was one giant. He was the physical giant, over 10 feet tall. He had been almost 10 feet tall. He had been a fighting man since his youth. Goliath was the physical giant, but there was another giant on the battlefield that you have to read scriptures with a discerning eye to be able to uh, see. And this giant was the spirit of fear. See, when the physical giant would come out every morning and every evening and utter his usual defiance, the Israelite soldiers would run from him in fear. See, there was the physical giant, close to 10 feet tall, fighting man from his youth. Then there was the spiritual giant, the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation, the spirit of of unbelief. These were giants as well. See, And what David was able to do 
that was so different from all of the other Israelite soldiers, David had learned how to deal with the spiritual giant. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we learn how to deal with spiritual giants properly. Once we learn how to deal with spiritual giants properly, then physical giants will be able to fall for us in the mighty name of Jesus. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice today. May we deal properly with the spiritual giants, the people, the places, the things that come to intimidate us, come to cause us fear, come to paralyze us and grip us with fear so that we do not do what God wants us to do. David was not gripped by fear on the battlefield. He refused to allow himself to be gripped by fear, but he trusted in his God. My encouragement to you, my brother, my encouragement to you, my sister, trust in our God. See, be of good cheer. The God that has filled you, the God that has filled me is not afraid of anything. He's not afraid of anybody. The God that has filled you, the God that has filled me through and by his precious Holy Spirit is a mighty warrior. I don't know who God has sent me down here to talk to. I don't know what you think of yourself, but I want to encourage you, child of God. You are a mighty warrior in the name of Jesus. There is no giant child of God that is too big for you. De Listen, and the Lord is dealing with me in my spirit right now. He said, Robert, in my spirit, I'm saying, yes, Lord. Lord said, Goliath was nearly 10 feet tall in the natural right? In my spirit, I'm saying, yes, Lord, that's that's what your word says. God says it wouldn't have mattered if Goliath would have been 20 feet tall. Because David was filled with the spirit of the most high God, Goliath could have been 100 feet tall. You say, apostle, what are you saying to me? I don't need to know what Goliath is, is pursuing you, child of God, because the God that is in you the God that is in me is bigger than any Goliath that is facing us. The God that is in us is bigger than sickness. The God that is in us is bigger than poverty. The God that is in us is bigger than the God that is in you. David was not relying on himself, but David was relying on the God in him, the God that he believed in him believed in. And I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister. May we too believe in the God that we believe in, the God that is alive inside of you and inside of me. What are we talking about today? Believe in him. See, believing in God gives you and I the power to overcome Mountains to overcome, obstacles to overcome, giants to overcome suffering. See, suffering is looked at as a giant to many.
you know. And God is letting us know that part of believing in him is understanding that we too must suffer for him. We've chosen to believe in him. Good. Understanding that means that we are going to suffer also for him. So don't be frightened, my brother. Don't be frightened, my sister, by those who oppose you. This is a sign. Look at verse 28 to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved. Understand every soul under the sound of my voice. Either one or two things is coming our way. Either we're going to be destroyed by God or we're going to be saved by God. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we be saved by God in the mighty name of Jesus. Look at what the scripture says. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you, child of God, will be saved and that by God. So understand now, you and I are heading for either one or two things. You and I, the way we are living, the way we are behaving, the way we are believing, we are either heading toward destruction or we are heading toward salvation. My prayer for you. My prayer for me. May we be headed toward salvation in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. You say, Apostle, how do I go from heading to destruction to heading to salvation? Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ turns your feet and my feet around. From where we were heading and walking toward destruction, now our feet have turned around and we are heading toward eternal life. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May we be heading toward salvation. May we be heading toward eternal life. The Lord is bringing in my spirit now the prodigal son. In the story of the prodigal son, this young man, you know, asked for his inheritance, got together all he had, and his feet started heading in a direction away from his father. But the Bible says when he came to his senses, he said, I will go back to my father. My question to you and my prayer for you, my question to you is which way are your feet headed? Which way are your feet headed when it's time for worship? When it's time to hear the word of God? See, which way are your feet taking you? Are your feet trying to run away from the word of God? Trying to run away from the teachings of God? Trying to run away from God's apostles, his prophets, his evangelists, his pastors, or his teachers? Or are you trying to run to God's word? To God's apostles? To God's prophets, God's, God's, my prayer for you, my brother, my prayer for you, my sister, watch your feet. When it's come time to the work for the worship of God, for the things of God, when it comes times to giving to the ministry and giving to the work of God, when it comes time to do the work, which watch your feet, watch your feet. Get in the habit of your feet going toward 
the things of God and not your feet being in the habit of going away from the things of God. My encouragement to you, my brother, my encouragement to you, my sister, make it a habit to go toward the things of God and God will make it a habit to bless you. Most of us want to be blessed. See, but uh, most of us don't want our feet to go in the direction that God wants them to go in for us to be blessed. Bible says in the last days, men would not endure or put up with sound doctrine. Well, that's how you get blessed. That is how you and I get blessed by positioning by by positioning ourselves to hear sound doctrine and positioning ourselves to do sound doctrine. That's how we get blessed. So when men and women are not putting up with the sound doctrine, what they are doing is forfeiting their own blessings. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we not forfeit our own blessing. Good things that God wants to do to us and through us and for us. But God sitting back saying, I can't do it. You don't want to hear sound doctrine. You don't want to listen to my apostles. You don't want to listen to my prophets. You don't want to listen to my evangelists, my pastors, my teachers. God said, and that, and that pre, pre is a prerequisite to you and I receiving the blessings of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing, listen, there's a whole lot of things in my life I wouldn't mind giving up. You know, I wouldn't mind giving up fatty foods. I wouldn't mind giving up uh, sugary drinks. I wouldn't mind giving up the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. A lot of things in my life I wouldn't mind giving up. Well, one thing I, 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 I would mind giving up, and that is hearing sound doctrine. Doing sound doctrine. I don't want to give that up. I don't want to give that up. Because that is from whom our blessings flow. You want blessings to flow from God? You get yourself under sound doctrine. You start doing sound doctrine. You watch God open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. You want to be blessed by God? Simple. Do what God say. Very simple. People be are going countries all over the world. Apostle, how you be blessed by the simple? Do what God say. You want to be blessed by God? Do what God say. God only works with two things: blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. That's all He got. God said, "Tell my people, Robert, that's all I have." Blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. Refusing to hear God, you have already called yourself to be cursed. You might not even know it. People that don't want to hear God, you already cursed. And don't even know it. Like the Laodicean church. Wretched, miserable, pitiful, blind, naked, and don't even know it. But positioning ourselves to hear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Position, just positioning ourselves. There are some of you that are just hearing me. God has already got some blessings lined up for you. Just God said, Robert, just for them hearing. 
And then when you and I do, when you and I put God's word into practice, God said, now I, I got blessings that you won't even be able to. God's got blessings that are beyond our comprehension. When we do what he's telling us to do. So I want to encourage you. Listen, when you and I do what God is telling us to do, we don't know how God is going to bless us. God said, Robert, in my spirit, I'm saying, yes, Lord. God said, I can bless. When you do what I have told you to do, I can bless you with the dead coming back to life. Now, what the Lord has just brought in my spirit is Lazarus. Lazarus had died and was buried. Jesus told the people, roll the stone away. Some people protested. Ah, you know, he's been in there a number of days. Surely he will stink, this and that. But when they finally got around to doing what the Lord said do, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, dead man, got up and started walking. Jesus said, take the, the, the grave clothes off, grave clothes off him and let him go. God, obedience. God rewarded their obedience with the dead coming back to life. So when you listen, my brother, listen, my sister, when we obey God, no telling what God is going to do. Don't do anything he wants to do. And when we don't obey God, no telling how God is going to beat us. No telling how God is going to chasten us. So I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister. Get in the habit of obeying God. God will get in the habit of blessing you. How about that? Get in the habit of doing what God like. God will get in the habit of things being done like you like. All right, children of God, we're getting ready to wrap this message up. For it has been, so we're going to come on down to verse 29, and we're going to get ready to close. For it has been granted to you. God said this is, this is how, you know, things will go down. It's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him. So, so, so God... You know, understand there are different levels to our walk with with God. First thing, God want to get you and me to believe in him. That's first thing. We, you and I need to believe in Christ. Confess with our mouth. The Bible says, Romans 8 and 9, that if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus, and that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So first thing is, is believe. Once we believe in Christ, then the next hurdle, now what the Lord is bringing to my spirit now, I used to coach hurdles. My track runners would run in a hurdle race. They would have to run, jump over one hurdle, then run a little bit, jump over another hurdle, then run a little bit, jump over another hurdle. Well, the first hurdle is belief in Christ. Now, once you get over that hurdle, even in the hurdle races I coached, you didn't just run and jump over one hurdle and stop. That was just one hurdle. There were many more hurdles. There were a total of 10 hurdles that my athletes had to uh, run and jump over. Well, understand that we have hurdles to run over in our walk with God. Belief is the first hurdle. Suffering for him. That's the next hurdle. See, 
We believe. That's good. Now understand that you must suffer. Oh, boy. See, that's a whole nother hurdle. Look at verse 30. Since you are going through the same struggle. Struggle is a hurdle. Believing in Christ is a hurdle. Jump. Suffering for Christ is a hurdle. Jump. Uh, uh, struggling. Since you're going through the same struggle is a hurdle. Jump. Paul says, which you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So understand my brother, understand my sister. Now, there's some things we have to go through, not just believing. There's some suffering. Now, false prophets and false teachers will come in and tell you that suffering is over. You know, you want that stuff. Nonsense. Suffering is just as much a part of our Christian walk as faith is. Suffering is a part. If we want to reign with him, we are going to have to suffer with him. I encourage you, child of God, run from any doctrine that is telling you that you are not going to have to suffer. That is false doctrine to the core. Look at what the Bible says. We must believe in him. We understand that. But we also must suffer for him. Anyone that's telling you, you just had to believe in Christ. You don't have to suffer for Christ. That's a lie. We have to believe in Christ, right? And we have to suffer for Christ, right? It's granted. Belief in Christ, suffering. Oh, Christ. We want to reign with Christ, we must suffer. Right. We want the good stuff, we got to go through some of the bad stuff. We want to have muscles on our body, we got to go through lifting the weights or the calisthenics. We want to have, we want our waistline to be a, a nice size. We got to eat the right foods and cut down on a certain thing. Most things that are very, very good, you and I will have to experience something very, very unpleasant in order to get them. We want to believe in Christ. Uh-huh. Yeah, we want to believe. You almost so must suffer for him. Want to be a good basketball team? We got to go through hard practice and hard drills. Want to be a good preacher, good teacher? Must go through hard study of God's word. Hard, well, you got to go through the hardship. Bible tells us to endure hardship as a good soldier. Good soldiers go through hardship. How do you think they got to be so good? Good athletes go through hardship. How do you think they got to be so good? Good students go through hardship of studying. How do you think they make those good grades? We've got to go through hardship in order to be good. Good what? Good whatever. 
Well, we do thank God today. This is the day our Lord has made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. The Lord is bringing to my spirit now to share with his people. God says, Robert, tell them for me. I'm saying, yes, Lord. No cross, no crown. Most of us want the crowns. God says you need to also want the cross, the crosses. There's a passage in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23, from the New International Version that says, I used to make my athletes learn it because I wanted them to understand why I was working them so hard as a coach and pushing them so hard as a coach. Proverbs 14 and 23 says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. All hard work. You want profit? Get to work. God would much rather see our hands busy than our hands out. Hands working rather than hands begging. All hard work brings a profit. But mere talk, and you say you're just talking, that's gonna that's gonna lead to poverty. Hard work leads to profit. Talking leads to poverty. Just like any road you get on in your community. Any road I get on in my community, it's going somewhere. You know, any road, any road outside, you put me on the road, I, 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 whatever road in my neighborhood, I know where that's going. Well, you see people working hard, I know where you're going. You're going toward profit in something. I see you just talking, I know where you're going to end up in poverty. Just like this road out here leads me to. Uh, my road, Lyle Road, it leads me to Institute Road. Institute Road leads me to the high school that I used to uh, teach at. I know, I know where these two roads lead. Been traveling them for almost 35, 40 years. Well, hard work. I know where that road is going to take you, my brother or my sister. You're going to be prospering. Just talking. I know where that road is going to lead you, my brother or my sister. Poverty is the destination of that road. So let you and I, let us get on the road to prosperity. Let us, let us get on the road to profit. Hard work. Get to work. That's why you should have to tell my students in class. You know, we would have maybe an hour and a half and that would be an hour and a half of intense work. We are not here to play. We are not here to laugh and joke around. Now, sometimes, you know, we'd find things funny. 
but the majority of our time we would spend hard work and the profit was students did well most of my students did very very well why why apostle brian because at at that time i was coach brian because most of my students worked very very hard all hard work well children of god we bless god uh, for each of you we pray that you have been blessed at the preaching and teaching of god's word we look forward to seeing you all um, soon and uh, feel free to contact us um, with praise reports and let us know how the Lord is, is blessing you. Uh, this is Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, headquarters, Kinston, North Carolina, USA, signing out. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall. Yeah.